You're listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. If you care about growing your skills and getting more new sales appointments, pipeline, and closed one deals, you came to the right place. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, or Spreaker, and be sure to go back and listen to all the episodes for the best strategies, tips, and tactics out there on running a high-performance sales development program. And now, your host, founder, and CEO of TenBound at TenBound.com, David Delaney. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I'm your host, David Delaney. I am honored and blessed very much to be joined by our guest today, Ms. Holly Katzman, the Vice President of Account Development and Growth Enablement at HighSpot. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Did I say that right? Because that is a mouthful. That is, sounds like a big job. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, and, and you said it exactly right. Okay, excellent, excellent. Okay, so if you are not familiar with Holly, I just want to read you the quote from one of her recommendations on LinkedIn, okay? And this is from Shauna, who was director of marketing and worked with Highspot, Holly at Highspot. So Holly is the heart of every sales and marketing strategic effort made by Highspot. She's a sales leader that can span marketing, product, and customer success in a single bound. She has spearheaded our company's account-based approach, and in less than a year, she single-handedly built out a first-class modern social selling account development team. And it goes on, but wow. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So tell us about, you know, right now you've been at High Spot for a while. You've been doing a lot of different things over there. What are you working on now? And how did you get into account development, you know, as a practice? Yeah, absolutely. So working on a couple of things at High Spot right now, I'm actually leading three different teams within our organization. One is the account development team, which is mostly synonymous with what most people, especially on this podcast here, is sales development. We just take an account-based approach. And so it's account development for us. But that's one team. The second is our growth enablement team, which is focused on enabling all of our customer-facing teams, sales, account development, services, um, our partner team, even marketing, and then our growth optimization team, which is focused on platform and analytics to optimize the business. So I'm wearing a lot of different hats, but that's one of the amazing things about a startup. And, you know, how did I get into account development? Well, I I have both a sales and a marketing background, but when I started at Highspot about four years ago, when I joined the team, it was just then the VP of sales and myself that were on both the sales and marketing team, and we were wearing a lot of different hats. And I was playing the sales development role, but the company was only about 14 people, and so you know we were learning a lot about our buyers, about the market, uh, watching the space, which is sales enablement, that we're in evolve quite a bit, and you know, really from taking initiative within the company, you know, really spearheaded building out the account development team uh, about two years ago, a little bit over two years ago, started building it. And now the team's at 44 people. I think we just brought on our 44th person uh, on Monday. So it's been a really, really exciting journey focused around building, you know, high growth, you know, tech company. 
So that's kind of what I'm focusing on right now. That's amazing. I mean, and, and it opens up a lot of opportunities to come in at a startup situation that early and be able to really prove what you can do. And, and, and you have to show your value quickly if you only have a few people on the team. It seems. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I'm really curious, you know, you came in, it was, you were still trying to figure out the, the market and what appeals to people. And I think a lot of folks struggle with that, you know, when they're, mm -hmm. they hire a sales development or account development team, and they're just like, Hey, go out and find appointments, but they haven't right. really done that work. So what was, how did you go about, you know, finding out more about the people that would potentially be customers for you? And what was that process like? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think it's just so critical when you're going to be doing any kind of customer facing interaction to have a really deep understanding of who your buyers are, what their needs are, and how, you know, the product or solution that you have can help them accomplish their goals and drive business impact. So if you don't really know who your audience or who your buyer is, then it's really hard to do a lot of the other things. So what I would, you know, absolutely encourage and some of the things that, you know, made me successful in doing that was really doing a lot of research, understanding you know, who's your ideal customer from maybe an account perspective, as an example, what market segments, what industries are you targeting? What does the profile of that ideal customer look like all the way to really understanding the different buyer personas within that account or within that company? We all know that there are, you know, I think it's over seven people on average that are part of the you know buying decision process. And it's really important to understand each of those individuals and, you know, what role they play in the buying process. So some tactical things, you know, absolutely look at LinkedIn profiles, look at open job descriptions, and then find, you know, similarities between that and some of the other buyers. There's a lot of information out there um, today. So I think it's just all about doing you know, the work up front to do the research and understand the buyer personas and then make sure that you're really personalizing your messaging when you're doing your outreach. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people want to skip that part and just go to how does how does my product work? And what are yep. all the like little bells and whistles? And then they go out into the marketplace and they just talk about their product. And it's like, yeah. at the end of the day, nobody cares because, you know, you're not trying to help me as a person. You're just talking about your product, right? And so, yeah, yeah how, how, how do you like, tell us more about the research? Like, how do you go about, say you're trying to learn about your buyer and what would resonate with them and your mm -hmm. buyers like got 20 years of experience in the industry and you just came out of school like three months ago, like, how do you go about learning about that? Yeah, it, it, again, it's, it's a really good question. I think that, you know, to the first comment that you had around a lot of people skip that part, it's, it's just so important to not skip that part. Otherwise, a lot of the hard work that, you know, you might be putting in is truly going to waste. I probably get, I don't know, at, at least 100, sometimes more email prospecting emails per week. And most of them are exactly what you mentioned, kind of just pushing a product, no level of personalization. And, you know, that just kind of, you know, you go into the pool with, you know, all the other hundred people that are reaching out. So, you know, how do you get that, you know, really great level of research? I mean, I think, again, one, it just takes the desire to want to understand your buyer and the desire to understand their needs, having a really genuine level of curiosity and asking a lot of the questions is really what I would say for someone that, you know, let's just say is right out of college or, you know, one to three years into their first 
you know, role or into their career, you don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to be the expert in the specific space that you're selling to. There's a lot of industries that are, you know, very complex, very technical. It doesn't, I mean, of course, the more you know your product, the more that you do know everything, you know, the better off, but you don't have to know everything. So what I'll kind of coach the team on is, you know, treat a lot of it like an informational interview when you get into some of those conversations, asking questions, genuine questions, so that you can understand kind of what their perspective is, what their needs are, those types of things, so that you can give that value instead of leading with, you know, telling them how to do their job. So I would say, you know, really being inquisitive, curious, and, you know, thoughtful in the, you know, questions that you're asking based on the research that you've done. And I, I think there's a lot of push and pull in sales development because, you know, the like mantra of it is to send out a lot of volume and try to cover <laughs> like as many people as you can and make 1000 phone calls every day and talk to, you know, all these people and send them millions of emails. But it goes mm-hmm. against what actually seems to get results in 2018, which is, you know, actually crafting some kind of message that appeals to your buyer. So, you know, as a leader in this, how do you, how do you balance like pushing the, the sales development ADR team to do a lot of activities, but at the same time, make those activities quality activities. So they actually get some results. Yeah. I mean, I always say uh, quality before quantity, and I know a lot of people out there would probably disagree, but you know, from from my perspective and experience and, you know, what we've seen, we've seen a ton of success when you're just sending out, you know, these batch emails that are not personalized, it's just spam. It's, you know, you're going to go straight to, uh, you know, someone's trash box in their email. And so I think that absolutely there is a level of quality that has to go into this role because it is a numbers game. But I think that as a leader and even as an individual contributor, it's really important to understand what your conversion rates are. You need to be, you know, data informed and understand what that looks like so that you can work, you know, backwards from your goal. It should be the case that, you know, you know that you have to hit, you know, X amount of let's just say SQLs within a month. Well, what's the conversion rate look like? from SQLs to, you know, whatever the previous stage is for your business. And then how many activities do you need to do to be able to hit that? There's two ways that you can, you know, increase, you know, your attainment, you can either increase the volume or you can, you know, increase the conversion rate. And so I would highly advocate for focusing more so on increasing the conversion rate and the quality rather than increasing the volume, because it's just a lot of work that's not going to return very many results. That's a really good point. And and so I, I think that the fear is that there's like the, the silent sales floor, you know, phenomenon where you walk around and, and everyone's doing research. And it's like the fear is that you're spending all this time doing research and you take like half a day to send, you know, two emails that are super highly customized, but then the person doesn't even respond anyways. And so people right. seem to go back to like, Oh, just screw that. Like, just make a hundred phone calls because it, 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 you know, it's loud and noisy and stuff like that. But that, that doesn't really work that well. So it's like the, I think to your point, finding the, the conversion rate is the sweet spot because then you can know mm-hmm. if I, you know, if I takes me half a day to send two emails, but they convert at a hundred percent, then that actually makes a lot more sense than doing a bunch of stuff that doesn't convert. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I think just generally the thing that I see, you know, far too often are people kind of just trying to like game the system, game the numbers, and uh, they, you know, get really far removed from actually truly understanding the buyer, doing the research, knowing your product really well, taking, you know, the quality time to write an email when that is relevant, taking quality time to write a LinkedIn message when, you know, that's relevant and picking up the phone, you know, when you have a direct dial and making, you know, leaving a great voicemail. So I think that, you know, if you kind of go to one extreme or the other, right, you say, okay, you know, kind of screw it. We're just going to play this volume game. I'm going to, you know, send a bunch of hundreds and hundreds of emails out per day and just, you know, keep calling people over and over again without putting any real thought into it. You know, you're going to see really low conversion rates. And conversely, if you kind of, you know, make the excuse, hey, well, you know, cold calling doesn't work or, you know, it's going to take me forever to write these emails, then, you know, you're not going to have enough volume to hit the conversion rate. So I think it's just about wanting to, you know, genuinely, you know, in each touch that you're doing, looking at how is this going to provide value to the person that I'm reaching out to? Do I genuinely think this is going to work? Would I respond to it if I were the buyer? And if it doesn't pass that test, then you're doing something wrong. So I think that it's just less about gaming the system and the numbers and just really about putting out, you know, quality prospecting efforts and quality calls. Yeah, I mean, and I, I look at it like sales development is is a foundation for the rest of your career, no matter what you end up mm-hmm. doing, because uh, I mean, yeah. it's one of the hardest jobs at the company. And, you know, you have to learn to communicate really fast. You got to learn about your market. You got to learn about your product. And you could take that and, you know, invest it. And uh, like, it's like um, an investment account for the rest of your career. So, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. No, I mean, it's it's one of the toughest jobs. I mean, prospecting can yeah. be really, really challenging. It's just, you know, a lot of it is really great time management. A lot of it is, you know, becoming fearless and tenacious in the role. And when you kind of get that point of hesitation where like, should I pick up the phone and call them or should I not? You just go for it and do it and not being afraid, you know, to fail. It's get on, get in those conversations, ask questions, be curious. And, you know, that lack of confidence is really, I think, what holds people back. And then that's kind of when you have to start compensating by playing the numbers game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to get way out of your comfort zone. But that's where the growth <laughs> is in life. And, uh, exactly. and, you know, anybody who, you know, is coming out, and they're not really sure what they want to do, but they're interested in business. I just think sales development is an awesome way to get in to a company and learn a ton of great stuff. And and I'm I'm curious, you know, sales enablement is is a really hot topic right now, and <laughs> you're the you know the leader in this space. So you know, how do people use your product, and how do they, you know, use it? Do they use it on sales development and account development as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that our account development team is probably one of the heaviest users of the product. We use it for email templates. We use it for training. We use it for surfacing the right content at the right time. Uh, We use it for communication. So we use it for all of our, you know, enablement needs as do, you know, other tech companies, manufacturing companies, life sciences companies. Um, You know, we have customers all the way from, you know, Inside View, Zendesk, Twilio, Workday, Amazon, Aetna. So there's a lot of companies that are, you know, leveraging Highspot for their you know, enablement needs. I think that one of the really, you know, cool things about 
enablement in general, but also kind of how technology fits into enablement is that, you know, the landscape for selling and for buying has, you know, drastically changed. And, you know, we know that we shouldn't be pushing products. We need to be, you know, educating our buyers, providing value-driven insights. And a large, you know, way that you do that is, you know, by providing insightful content, articles, so on and so forth, which actually makes it a heck of a lot easier in the, you know, prospecting process when, you know, maybe you've sent out 100 emails, you can see that, you know, let's say 40 people have opened the email, but you don't really have any, you know, additional insights into how to prioritize those 40 individuals. If you're sending out content and you can track that engagement, it gives you a deeper level of insights into what the engagement looks like, which gives you also, you know, more material if you will, to follow up with, because you can kind of see what interested them, what they maybe didn't look at and how to prioritize your follow-ups. Oh, nice. Okay. So that's something that your product does as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's absolutely. interesting. Okay. Cause I, I, you know, I'm going to date myself, but I sold sales training programs for seven years yeah. earlier in my career. And, um, this was before like the sales enablement, you know, thing came out. Like we were talking like workbooks and, you know, binders and, and pens and stuff like yeah, that. Was really, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you when that was. That was a long time ago. <laughs> but, um, but like, so sales enablement is like, tell us about sales and what is sales enablement? Like it's more than sales training, <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's plugged into your sales force and, you know, it's in your workflow and you can push out updates and all that stuff. But you tell us about it. Cause I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I mean the, the way that we think about sales enablement is there's, you know, there's a couple different layers at the core. You have to have, you know, really great content management. And this is more from a technology perspective. I can kind of talk from a function perspective as well, but you have to have really great content management because all of the knowledge information, whether it's customer facing content, whether it's training content, like a battle card needs to be easily accessible for customer facing teams. And we all know that most organizations have content all over the place and they're not making it very easy on, you know, the poor salespeople or, you know, SDRs having to, you know, waste additional selling time going and having to find that. So that's kind of one element of it. But the next piece is then providing really a layer of guidance along with that content, because we see so often that content gets thrown over to sales. Here's the training, here's the battle card, or here's, you know, the white paper, but great. How am I supposed to use this? What am I supposed to do with it? What am I supposed to say? And so really great sales enablement should not just, you know, provide the right content and training at the right time, but it should provide some guidance um, and some context on how and when to use it. And it should leverage, you know, the amazing technology innovations that we have today around machine learning, around AI to, you know, show what is the most successful, you know, action for me to take, whether it's, you know, talking points for a specific competitor, whether it's talking about a new product launch, what, you know, case studies should I reference, those types of things. And, you know, to really get that full circle analytics to see, okay, is what I'm doing working or is it not? You want to be able to track that buyer engagement. So really the way that we look at it is having great content management, that layer of guidance around the content, and then enabling the salesperson to take the content and share it out in one place. You can share it out through multiple channels. You can share it out, you know, through email, through social, through web conferencing, and you can personalize it for that specific buyer. And I think really the net of it is that there's been so much technology that has been, you know, created and pushed out there that's for pretty much everyone but the salesperson. And we're making it really hard on them to actually go and do their job. And what we're seeing is that, 
it's really, you know, transitioning to this need to enable the sellers, making them efficient and effective and making it easy for them to know, you know, what to say, when to say it, and then let them do, you know, the hardest part, which is the selling. So that's kind of how we think about it. That's how a lot of our customers are using the platform. I think from, you know, an enablement perspective as a function and kind of, you know, where it's going in the future, some of the things that are really cool about it is that, you know, you're kind of seeing the sales, you know, drop from sales enablement, right? It's not just sales that is, you know, a customer facing team, you know, SDRs or sales development is a great example of that. Are we not enabling our SDRs or our sales development teams? Are we not enabling our partner sellers or our services teams? And so enablement's becoming a lot more strategic in nature and is, you know, focused on enabling all customer facing teams, not just sales, which I think is really great for all those SDRs out there. It's, you know, not out on a lonely island prospecting anymore. It should be the case that, you know, you're getting a lot of the insights on your buyers, on the messaging, on the competitive differentiation, on the email templates, you know, from, you know, your organization. And then you kind of take it from there and then personalize it based on the specific individual that you're talking about. So I think it's a really exciting time for the space. I think it's a really exciting time to be, you know, in sales. So yeah, it's been great. I agree. And, And so take me through, like, say I just graduated from college. This is back in the stone age, but I just graduated from college. I got an ADR job with you and your organization. I come in on the first day. Like, so I'm just thinking in the old days, we used to, you know, hand them this big binder that was the playbook, right? And it's like a bunch of pages all stuck together. And, or, or there's a playbook in the Google docs, you know, go, go reference that. It's just a bunch of like decks and product marketing pitches and stuff that's thrown in together. Right. And it's like, yeah. Okay, so review that and let's meet up and then get on the phone, you know, <laughs> like that yeah, was pretty much yep. it. So what's like, what do you guys do so that the ADR has everything they need to be successful? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that the question that you're asking is really relevant because I think that, you know, if I were just graduating from college, that would be a very, very important question that I would ask in the interview process. Sales development teams are, you know, very, very different. They're not, it's not a one size fits all. So I think that, you know, a big piece of advice would be to really understand how the function is organized within the company that you may be interviewing at. What do the success metrics look like? What is the career path for growth? What does the training look like? So those are all really important questions. We could probably talk a long time on that, you know, but to answer your question, you know, it is, absolutely the case that, you know, when someone walks in graduating from college, you know, if you hand them a big book and ask them to go and read and memorize anything, it's like, I just graduated from college. Are you really (laughs) going to make me go and read a bunch of stuff again and memorize it and then expect to use it? That's why I'm, you know, here in the workplace. So I don't think that people want to be quizzed. I don't think that they want to be tested. I think that's more for the benefit of, you know, other people, which is, you know, take it or leave it. But if you were to, you know, come in and join Highspot, it's everything is extremely collaborative, extremely interactive. So we go through and make sure that there is a really deep understanding of our industry, of our buyers, of our competitors, of our product. It is absolutely the case that every single ADR on my team can do a product demo. Uh, they have full visibility into the entire sales process, which I think is so important from not only a skill development perspective, but also from a career growth perspective. So it's really all about spending the first couple of weeks doing, you know, really in-depth training in a collaborative, interactive way, rather than just handing over, you know, a book around all of those elements. And then 
it's all about the ongoing training. I've heard so many leaders say like, oh, it's so expensive to, you know, take, you know, an SDR off the sales floor to do training or anything like that. No, it's not if it's actually going to make them more effective and more efficient in their role. But if you're going to do it to, you know, give them a test, then yeah, it's probably not a really good use of time. So we really focus on that ongoing training, especially for us, because we're such a high growth technology company and we're, you know, developing features and capabilities, you know, every six to eight weeks, we absolutely have to make sure that the team is constantly trained, constantly knows, you know, what's going on in our market, what the new features are that we have, so on and so forth. So I think that it's just really a commitment to having a learning environment and making the investment and actually educating the team on, you know, what a win looks like for the company, not just, you know, to set up a meeting. Definitely. And, um, and so, you know, the way that uh, people use playbooks, it's almost like it's out of date the day that it's published because, and so, and so what I'm envisioning is with your company is like, it's constantly being updated by someone. It's always the freshest material because it's online and it's like put in front of them in a way that, that, and I don't know, I've never even used your product, so I don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but like if I could invent something that's better than a dusty old SDR playbook that nobody's using, it would be like, you know, it's, it's more it's, it's millennial. It's like a play. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. It, it's a play and yeah. it's, it's dynamically linked to all the content, all the resources so that it doesn't even take someone having to go in and, you know, update that specific play. They're automatically updated when all of the source materials are. But again, like the salesperson doesn't even need to know about that. They don't care about it. They're like, I just need to know what I'm supposed to be saying in this specific scenario. So, you know, the whole goal is, you know, when you're in that selling scenario, you're about to jump on a call and, you know, it's a competitive deal. Do you have easy and quick access to all the information and all the guidance that you need to be able to go and have that conversation? And so we've really done away with that, you know, traditional sales playbook that is a hundred pages long. Maybe it's in a three ring binder. Maybe it's in a PDF document, you know, same, same to be completely honest and really breaking it up into bite-sized plays that are, you know, oriented around specific scenarios and making sure that again, there's easy access in that specific selling scenario. I know. I, I always do this on this podcast, but I, I it's not meant to be a commercial or anything like that. Yeah. I just I'm just yeah. honestly interested. I know that you have a lot of competitors. I won't mention any of them, but you know, mm-hmm. this isn't meant to be a commercial. I'm just very interested in this because I just feel like, you know, things have changed so much in the last mm-hmm. five years. Just five years. I mean, there's so much information out there. It's all in different places. And it's like yep. it's not it's not within the workflow of what is useful to you at the moment. I think that's the missing link that companies like yours are trying to solve for our community. Yeah. And it, you know, it's funny that you're even saying that because, you know, I started out well. I started out, you know, as an individual contributor at the company, but, you know, then was, you know, hands, you know, very busy building and scaling the account development team. But, you know, now leading the enablement team within our organization, the reason that that's kind of come to fruition is just because, you know, just as we're talking about it right now, I'm just really passionate about that, you know, of course, from the product perspective, but I would say more because it's, you know, about developing next generation leaders and are you creating a culture of learning and development and if you don't have great enablement technology or not then you know it, it's impossible to develop to develop those you know individuals into you know world class 
sales executives or, you know, world-class leaders. And so, you know, now leading the enablement team, you know, internally within our own organization has, you know, come up for, you know, exactly what you're talking about, just because I'm, I'm really passionate about the function, the topic, kind of where it's going. And then, you know, it's, it's a really great benefit that we have an amazing product that, you know, helps execute everything. Yeah, exactly. And, and um, not to get on a soapbox, but I'm in Silicon Valley and, and it's such a bro, <laughs> brotopia. There was actually a, a book that came out called Brotopia by Emily Chang. And, and I wanted to get her to come to the sales development conference and do a speech and, you know, go through her findings in the book, but it, it cost a ridiculous amount of money for her to come and sell her book. And not not that I'm anything against that, but it did seem a little bit weird that she would charge me so much. So anyway, so we did a panel called the, the Unspoken Truths about sales development. And one of the things, and it's free, it's on the 10 Bound YouTube site. Everybody should go check it out. And one of the things that w- is cool about sales development is that we have the ability right now right today to to bring more diversity to the tech industry with the sales development. And the thing about sales development is it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter who you are, what you look like. If you are listening to this advice, you know, that um, Hallie's giving you and using it, you could be super successful. And so it's like, we're doing a meetup in Boston on November 14th. Everybody, if you're in Boston, you should be there called Driving Diversity in Sales Development because this is our opportunity to actually make a difference in our industry in that um, mm-hmm. if you – it doesn't matter like who you are and, and any hiring manager that listen to this – it's, you know, you, you give people a chance to do this. And especially if you plug in something like High Spot so that they have a chance to actually learn and get good at their job, we can open mm-hmm. up the field. So, sorry, I'm on a yep. soapbox, but I think we have yeah. a great opportunity right now, you know, to get out of like you walk around San Francisco and it's like every other, it's, it's like dudes in, Patagonia, you know, vests. I mean, it's such a stereotype. It's ridiculous. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta get in front of this. So, anyways, yeah. No, yeah. No. no, I mean, I think, I think, it, I think it's there's a couple. I mean, there's a couple elements to it. I mean, one is I absolutely encourage you know anyone that is interested in any go-to-market customer-facing team to you know start out in this type of role. Again, do your due diligence when you are interviewing at organizations. But I also think that you know it's really up to you know, organizations and leaders to make sure that there is a clear career path for people that are on the sales development and on the account development team. You know, I've had an insane amount of promotions from, you know, my account development team to other areas within our business services, you know, sales engineer, AM, AE, enablement, analytics, uh, leadership. So, you know, because of that, that inherently is going to draw, you know, a different talent pool into, you know, the organization because we are committed to, you know, developing them as, you know, individuals and giving them a career path. It's not just that, you know, if you start on, you know, the team, there's, you know, one in 10 chance that you're going to make it. And the only path for you is, you know, as an account executive, I mean, if that's the only path, then sure, it's going to draw, you know, a certain type of audience. So I think that, you know, I absolutely encourage anyone and everyone again, that, you know, wants to be part of a customer facing team to start out in this. But I also, um, you know, will, you know, say that it's really up to a lot of the leaders within these organizations to uh, make that commitment to the diversity, but also 
not just bringing people within their organizations, but also making sure that there is, you know, that career path for them and that you're developing their skills as well as uh, their careers. Yeah. And I mean, you just in the time that you've been there, and I mean, you got, you got into a company that was going places and was in a good, good, good <laughs> spot, good people. So you got a lot of opportunities, but I'm curious beyond the account development and we only have a couple more minutes, but tell us about the, the growth side that you're working on and the other <laughs> thing that you mentioned, because that's really interesting too. Yeah, it is. I think that because of the way that we um, have structured our organization, so account development does not roll up under marketing or sales. It's its own strategic function. I sit oh next to our God. head of marketing. I, I sit That's next to amazing. our head of sales. Yeah, exactly. I, I report up to our CEO. So it's it's much more of a strategic function. And because of that, and just I would say just because of, you know, the initiative and the curiosity that I have and really the passion for the product and the market that we're in, you know, understanding not just how does account development execute, but is what we're putting into our pipeline going to be what is going to drive, you know, quality deals closing? And are we going to have, you know, high customer retention and high lifetime value. And when you look at that from more of a strategic perspective, you're really looking at growth. So how can we optimize the business, whether it's, you know, increasing conversions, increasing velocity, you know, uh, refining what the ideal customer profile looks like, those types of things, or whether it's enabling the overall go-to-market strategy within those customer-facing teams. And so growth really is, you know, for us, a centralized function. And because, you know, I had such a deep understanding of, you know, the buyer, the product, the market, as well as, you know, the the breadth across lots of different areas of our business, because account development is more strategic, you know, that made it, you know, a really great opportunity to, you know, focus on the growth area of our organization. And so I think that, again, I've, I've, I've seen so many companies where sales development flips back and forth between sales and marketing. And I would, you know, highly encourage companies to, you know, really not look at it as like an assistant function and to really look at it as more strategic. And when you do that, you're going to bring in a higher level of talent. You're going to be able to develop leaders within your organization and you're going to get better results throughout your entire pipeline. Oh my God. Okay. Call it cognitive bias, but I really like people that agree with me. And so I really like everything that you're saying. I, I want to send you the keynotes from last year's conference and this year's conference that was on August 30th, because I think, ladies and gentlemen, I think we have found the first chief sales development officer right here. <laughs> you heard it on 2018, um, because you are, you were like so on the same page on this. I think that people are missing a huge opportunity by, by not realizing what sales development really is and how strategic it can be for an organization. And literally like the only, the only like raucous applause that I got from the keynote at the conference was when I said, this is the dawn of the chief sales development officer. You will see this <laughs> position within the next five years. Cause it was, you know, 350 people who were in sales development. So they're like, yeah, I yeah. want to be that person. So, uh, or, you know, something like that. So, but I think we got it here. So anyways, thank you so much for being on the show. I want to continue talking to you. I want to interview you more when you get back from London <laughs> and, but I just, can't thank you enough for your time and sharing your wisdom with our audience. 
Absolutely. Thanks so much, David. It's been really fun talking today. Yeah, definitely. Find her on LinkedIn and um, be sure to connect everybody. Thanks for joining us on the Sales Development Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.